Thank you for joining me for your weekly edition of Housing Crisis Update, where I read the news so you don't have to. It's Thursday the 17th of January. I'm David Murphy. Mark O'Brien at Dublin Live reports on reverberations from the former housing agency chief's claims last week that the level of homelessness in Ireland is normal. Deputy Chief Executive of Dublin City Council, Brendan Kenny, said he disagreed with Conor Skeen's claims, which he has repeated several times, most recently on Clareburn Live. Mr Kenny said the council were looking at all options in an attempt to build more homes, including rezoning industrial sites and rapid and modular building, meaning estates could be built in six months instead of 18. Also reacting to Mr Skeen's remarks, playwright Emmett Kirwan said it was worth pointing out that if he was willing to discuss these views on a national platform, Conor Skeen has no doubt done so privately and was not challenged by members of the Irish intelligentsia, his social circle or politicians, which he calls a scary thought. Over the weekend, campaigners in Dublin staged what they called a plant-in, installing spring bulbs in their community garden in the hope that it would be saved from development. The Weaver Square allotments off Cork Street in Dublin city centre are earmarked to provide 23 social housing units with residents told to down tools on New Year's Eve. In a statement, campaigners asked the council to consider the value of the garden in the Liberties, where the amount of green space per resident is an average of 70 square centimetres, the smallest in the city. Kevin O'Neill at Breaking News reports private landlords are seeking more personal information from prospective tenants, including PPS numbers, photo ID, and even links to their Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn social media profiles. While not a legal tenancy protection charity threshold has issued a warning about the practice, which was explicitly ruled out during the initial phase of the letting process in a statement by the Data Protection Commissioner made last November. Kathy Finnegan, communications executive at Threshold, warned many people are now being excluded from the rental process with a series of thinly veiled questions that loosely translate as no housing assistance payment. Writing for The Independent, Limerick Chamber economist Dr. Katrina Cahill makes the case for collaborative leadership in the city as a model for the rest of Ireland while noting it still faces challenges in relation to housing supply. Just like all other Irish cities, Limerick has a shortage of suitable urban accommodation. This shortage is unlikely to be addressed by property developers anytime soon, given their claims of poor margins due to high construction costs. As Europe's most westerly Georgian city, Cahill writes, many buildings in Limerick's historic quarter have proven notoriously difficult and expensive to renovate. Dr Cahill points out that the Living Cities initiative introduced in 2013 to provide tax incentives for such renovation had attracted only 113 applicants nationwide as of June 2018. Limerick has tried to buttress this with money from the Urban Regeneration Development Fund to renovate individual floors of historic buildings. It remains to be seen whether this approach will pay off with higher occupancy rates. A site previously slated for Ireland's first super prison is likely to be developed for housing. Costing £51 million since it was bought in 2005, the bulk of the site at Thornton Hall in North County Dublin is to be offered to the new Land Development Agency, set up by the government to build 150,000 homes over the next 20 years across the country. Reaction to the decision has been positive, with penal reform campaigners welcoming reports that plans for the 2,200-person super prison have been abandoned, and an Irish Times editorial describing the prison as an example of political grandiosity and official backside covering. Another editorial in the Irish Examiner points to objections made by senior politicians to housing developments in their constituencies. Despite our housing crisis, politicians seem all too ready to object to developments, name-checking Joan Burton, Fianna Fáil leader Micheál Martin and Antishach himself. They should find the courage to say no more often, the editorial says. Leadership can be bruising. Lois Capilla reporting for the Dublin Enquirer discusses the level of racism in council-run properties across the capital. A recent European Union report found that levels of racist violence against black people in Ireland were among the highest in Europe. 
At a meeting last Thursday, Dublin City Councillors and other members on the Council's Housing Committee heard the story of a Ghanaian woman in her 70s who gets regular abuse when she goes out. Councillor Ailish Ryan of the Workers' Party said that getting people who were born in Ireland and people who weren't to campaign together on issues around the housing crisis in local areas would be a big thing. Christina Finn at the Journal.ie reports from the Dáil and the first leader's questions of 2019. Antishak faced down other politicians on the issues defining the year so far, including Brexit, nurses' strike action and the housing crisis. Dublin South Central TD Joan Collins raised the issue of homelessness, saying that government policy was making things worse. In his reply, Antishak said, we're hard at work as a government to deal with this, claiming that supply of housing and apartments is on the rise. Those laffer curves suit you, Leo. And that's this week's housing crisis update. If you'd like to receive the regular housing crisis update podcast, just go to murphythejournalist.com forward slash podcast and click subscribe or follow me on Twitter at Murphy the Journal or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Murphy the Journal.